This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Uh, good morning, everybody. So good to see you guys. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, today we have a, a great lesson and it uh, complements the one that we had on last week. Um, uh, brought to us by our own uh, Minister Nedrick. I thank him for uh, sitting in in my stead. And uh, I thank you guys for tolerating me uh, uh, these years. And I hope that you are just as patient today as you've been in the past uh, as I get my legs back under me. Uh, I, I have not been feeling well, um, uh, it is not COVID-related. Uh, for those of you who may be concerned, I just simply had what I have not had in some 15 years. <laughs> I, I had a cold. <laughs> I, I, I assume that's what it was. And um, I uh, felt much better this week. Through uh, the grace of God, uh, some of you don't know, but I have uh, embarked on a another endeavor in my latter years uh, in a seminary last week at the Dallas Theological Seminary. And I had uh, my first classes, real classes uh, in session uh, this week. Uh, I am tired, but the spirit is willing. It's good to see um, Sister Davies back with us. Really, I assume host brother Davis can do a much better job now, sister uh, Mills. Uh, now that she's back, you know, I'm, I'm glad she's back. Um, and good to know that uh, we're settling in place. You guys heard an announcement from uh, sister Gwen Thompson regarding our youth. Uh, uh, she has put it in the chat. She articulated it right before we began uh, our session this morning. So uh, uh, be attentive to that and uh, act accordingly to that announcement. Um, you've seen some of the announcements this week. Uh, on the 31st, I believe there's a leadership development a meeting, although I thought it was on the 24th tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be on the 31st, I understand. Well, pay a close attention to your uh, announcements as announcements will be made regarding where we are in terms of worship and where we are in terms of, of the family church uh, school in relation to starting up uh, our in-person uh, worship again. But again, welcome all uh, as we look again at John, uh, that book of John. Uh, that book that uh, uh, was written just to reveal uh, the God-man, to convince us, to convict and convince us that Jesus is the God-man, that he is God in the flesh, that Jesus and God are one, and that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus was sitting here with a specific mission, a mission that uh, would trans, 
transform our lives forever, change them eternally. This Jesus uh, came and uh, all that he did and the work that he was to accomplish, uh, it was not to eliminate uh, trouble in this world. We saw that last week as Minister Nedrick uh, shared with us. Uh, Jesus says that in this life, you will have trouble. Uh, you will have uh, disturbances and distractions. Uh, there will be times that you will not have peace. Rather than peace, you'll have trouble uh, in this world. But then he leaves us with the comforting thought, Deacon Newsom, that he says, but I, uh, yeah, he's talking about himself. He's not talking about you or me. He's talking about himself. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And so if he's overcome the world and all this trouble, that means he's victorious. And that's what we have been talking about in this unit this month, Sister Mills. We've been talking about trials, uh, triumphs, even uh, doing trials. And now we come to the point in which Jesus is in the very hour, uh, Minister Brown, that he is about to give up his life. Now, if that ain't trouble, I don't know what it is. He, he's about to die. But yet, he pauses on his way to the cross to talk to the Father about you and I. And so that it, it tells us, a lesson would suggest today out of John chapter 17, uh, others have entitled it Jesus' Prayer for the Disciples or some would call it the real Lord's prayer. Uh, out of chapter 17, uh, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Jesus now codifies all those offices uh, that he has always held. That is a prophet, priest, and king. He, he now, now, now we see, we focus in on the priestly aspect of those offices. Now, after Minister Brown prays uh, with us, because uh, prayer is always in order, uh, we're going to see how much in order it is uh, by today. You should leave here today knowing uh, that uh, somebody prayed for you on this very day. You know, we used to sing the song, Michelle, somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind. Well, you can know one thing, that, that the somebody, you may not know who the somebody is uh, here, around you, in your classroom, but you can know that Jesus has prayed. God says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And lo and behold, the Word became flesh. And the word dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the, all, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus comes and says, I, I came uh, to prepare a place for you, and that wherever I go, you will be there also. But in this life, in this world, uh, you will have 
trouble and you will strive for peace. But I have overcome the world. And then we pick up after he has prayed for himself in verses one through five, after he has focused on himself, he turns to his believers. This is Paulette. Here's what he does. Jesus believes in prayer. Jesus was a prayer warrior. And Jesus says that I've set for you the pattern of prayer that you are to pray. But be ever mindful that there is a high priestly prayer that goes before the throne of God every day. And that prayer is by me to the Father on your behalf. That is a comforting thought because you are still in this world. You will still be faced with the difficulties of this world. And don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anyone try and mislead you. In this world, you will have trials and tribulations. as there was discussion and dialogue and monologue uh, personified <laughs> this week. One of the impressions that the instructor was trying to leave on us was that it all starts with God. It starts with God and it ends with God. You are in between all of that, but you're not the progenitor or you're not the end of this thing called life. It's all about God. And so if you are having problems, if you're at your lowest end, if you're at your most difficult time, pray for someone else. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Jesus says, I'm about to go to fulfill my mission. It requires that I give up my life. The hour has come. Father, glorify me. Return me to the glory that I had before the foundation of the world. And then he says, Sister Paulette, in verse 6 and 7, what did he say? I have manifested thy name unto the man which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. See, Jesus now states to the Father in earshot of the disciples what his true 
mission is in this world. What his primary mission is. His primary mission was to reveal God to man. And not only reveal God to man, his name, but to manifest. In other words, to live out the character of God. See, to reveal the character of God simply says that you know his name. But do you live a life in a way that literally manifests the character of God? Because ultimately, that's what your purpose is. You go back to the garden and you will find verse one, I mean, verse 26 of chapter one, it says, let us make man in our own image. In other words, let us make man so that he would bear the image of God, that God would get glory, that the name of God would be glorified, not that your name would be glorified, but that God's name would be glorified. And here Jesus says, I have manifested, I have glorified your name. I have revealed your character for the men that you gave me. Now, let me tell you very specifically, the men that he's talking to here is talking about the disciples that have been with him for three and a half years. He says, you gave them to me. You sent me, but you gave me them. And I have revealed the character of God to each of these men. That's very important. Because it, it tells us that what we need to be doing, we need to be revealing the character of God, not only telling people about God, but living a life that manifests the very character of God. Verse 8, Sister Paulette. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. Oh, I want you to, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Jesus the Christ, Son of the Living God, is talking to God, and he lets us hear what he's talking to the Father about. He's talking about them, the disciples that God gave him. And he says, I have given them, the ones you gave me, what I gave them was you. <laughs> you gave me them and I gave them you because I gave them your word. And they have what? And they have received them. They've received and, your word and have what? And have known surely that I came out from thee. Uh -huh. And they have believed that thou didst send me. Jesus says, I'm praying for these men who you've given me that when I gave them their word, your word, they believe on you. They believe your word. 
They, they believe your word. So, so, so wonder, Paul writes, uh, Minister Brown, that now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Jesus is talking to the father about the men that the father gave him. And he's telling the father, he's sharing with the father what he gave them. Jesus says, I didn't come trying to give them fortune and fame and blessings and prosperity. I didn't come to get, I came them to give, I came here to give them you. And they believe what I told them. And that's how I knew that they were from you. I don't know how many of you grew up in homes where you had the awesome experience of hearing mothers and fathers and grandfathers. And if you lived with uh, big aunties and stuff, to hear them pray for you. As a child, you may not have uh, thought that very beneficial. But, but, but as you grow older and, and wiser, as I heard someone say, as you grow wiser, you realize that, that the saints of old prayed. They interceded on behalf of their family, friends, and the local fellowship. They prayed. And, and if you use your, 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 your mechanism of memory, and maybe you'll have to use for some of you as your imagination, you can hear mama, papa, grandmama, granddaddy praying for you. Because, you know, I, I, I do. I can remember in the wee early hours of the morning being awakened by this strong, steady voice. I can remember late at night being uh, awakened and sometimes could not sleep uh, because of the strong prayers. And the prayers were very specific. It was about those three boys. They weren't the three Hebrew boys, but they were some three bad boys that that grandmama would take to the Lord on a daily basis. And it was in those instances when I would hear her prayers that now I can reflect back and I can really hear Jesus now talking to the father through the voice of one grandmama. Because I remember she used to say, and that boy, that middle, you know, that middle boy, of my, you know, the one that you need to keep your hand. I, I can remember those words. And so now the disciples, I can now feel what the disciples felt as Jesus is talking to the father about them, how he had entrusted them with a revelation, with a word and that they believed that that he was commending uh, them to the father. Oh, there's, there's nothing better. This is an intercessor. This is, this is an intercessor personified. He's telling the father exactly how it is based out of his uh, uh, God-man experience with the disciples, with the men that God has sent it. Verse 8, verse 9 says, uh, 9 and 10, Sister Lovelace says what? I pray for them, 
I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Ford, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can hear you. Could you read verse 9? Because it's apparent that uh, Sister Lovelace can't read. So could you read verse 9 for me? I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Do, do I have to get Mike Johnson or Joyce J or Steve Harmon or somebody else to read this? Because those, those two people evidently cannot read. They, they, surely Jesus is not telling the Father. Deacon Newsom, did you hear what they said? They said that Jesus says, I am not praying for the world. I'm praying for those that are mine. That is shocking because we've always been told that we've got to pray for the unbeliever. And yes, we should. But Jesus says, this is an accounting time. Jesus is about to die on the cross. And he's saying, I'm leaving them in a world that hates them. The world hates them. And I am not talking, Father, to you about the world that hates them. I'm talking about the ones that are yours, the ones that are mine. You, your first responsibility is to pray for the household of faith. Jesus here, this Jesus is about to go into battle, ladies and gentlemen. In verse, in chapter 16, he says he's overcome the world. You know how he could say that? He's saying the battle's already won. Deacon Newsom, what he's saying here is now is that I'm praying for the ones that I'm leaving behind. Because I'm leaving them in a world that hates them. I'm leaving them in a world that's dominated by Team Satan. I know what I'm talking about because I know what he's about to say. He says, so Lord, incline your ear to my lips right now. Because I want to make it perfectly clear that I'm praying for those that are yours and mine. They need this, Lord. They need what I'm about to ask you for. And yes, Deacon Ford was right. And yes, Sister Paul was right. I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for ours. Oh, it's clear. Oh, if that don't shake you up, but when you understand what his next step is, you will understand why it is that he needs to talk to the father and he needs to say, father, we need to be on the 
same page when it comes to us, when it comes to ours. You want to pray for the world, but you haven't even prayed for each other. Come, Sister Lovelace, verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep that holy father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. By your name, by your character, God. I'm standing on who you are. I'm asking you to take those that are yours, and I want you, Father, to protect them. Because I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm coming home with you. They are going to remain here in this world. And by your name, for your own reputation, for your own glory, the very thing that you created man for, I want you to preserve those that are ours as I leave this world. What, 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 what would be your prayer if you knew in the next hour you were going to leave this world? Would you pray for the world would you, see, the, the, the thing that we've done, Jesus has already told us that we are not citizens in this world. So why do we keep building, rebuilding houses in a world that we can't occupy? Why, why do we keep building houses that are built on sand? And that's what we do when we invest in this world. We think we can change the world. And I'm here to declare, based on the high priestly prayer of Jesus, you can't change the world. Only God can change the world. Your responsibility is not to change the world. Your responsibility is to believe God and be transformed in this world. But Jesus says, meanwhile, I'm leaving the ones that you gave. And they need to be preserved. He says in verse 12, Sister Paula, here's what he says. Sister Paula. Oh, I'm sorry. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of prediction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus says, you gave me 12 men, 12 disciples, who I gave the word, who I reveal to you, and in that 12, there was one that was on Team Devil. Mm. Y'all don't hear me. Mm. And Jesus said, but yeah, you sent 
Why then God? The question is, Deacon Newsom, why did God send Judas Iscariot to Jesus? Jesus says, before you even ask the question, if you listen to me and the Father talking, I'll give you the answer so that scripture could be fulfilled. See, God has never ignored the devil. God has never winked at sin. But God has a purpose in our life and it would be fulfilled. What, what is the will of God? What is the purpose? Jesus died and men get saved. And God will do what he has to do in order to sh- be sure that his word does not come back forward. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus says that you love these that you sent me so much. You put the one among us that would try to prevent that from happening to prove to the world that it could not happen, mm-hmm. that the devil could not stop what you started. Y'all don't hear this. Oh, y'all, y'all, but y'all can go on and shout. When you can go on, you ain't even got to pass out no gifts on the 30th, you know, for the kids and stuff. Because if you got that, you can go home, home to heaven. That God loves you so much that he would submit himself to the scrutiny of the world, to the, to the back talk of the world, to the, the, the scandalous lies, to the whipping and the crushing of the world just to save you. He loves you so much that he would let dirt infiltrate this holy fellowship and communion of the ones that he sent just so that the ultimate end would be attained. Why did he do it? Why did he have to do it that way? I don't know. Ask him when you get there. But I can tell you, the father and the son are talking and the son is talking on behalf of those that have believed, those that God has given to him. He says, what you've given me, I've given back to you. And none are lost. In other words, the gift that you gave is the gift that I returned back to you. Sister Paulette, verse 13 says, And now come I to thee, And these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus says, Father, I'm coming to you and I'm letting the ones that believe, the ones that I reveal to you, I'm letting them in on this conversation between me and you. Do you remember when, see, in the time that I was growing up, uh, Sister Taylor, I mean, Sister Thompson, I, uh, I, uh, uh, when, when you s- stayed around too long and grown folk were talking grown folk business, you know, they, they didn't have to tell you to leave the room. They just gave you the look. And, and, and they would say, this ain't a conversation for you. But whenever they were talking to grown folk and they 
knew that you needed to hear what these grown folk were talking about, you never got that look. You knew you were invited to stay. And so the disciples now are hearing. And because here there's a purpose in Jesus talking to God, not only just to keep them, but Jesus has said, Lord, I want them to hear this. I want them to hear this and know this, that we are talking so that they would have joy in the time of trouble, in this old rugged world that they got to live in. <laughs> oh, 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 that, that's the beauty of intercessory prayer, that another saint can come along and capture. You know, you know and, 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 and the thing about it is that, you know, years ago, I think it was uh, it was Sister Douglas, it was either Sister Douglas or her sister, uh, Sister Kendall, was saying, you know, somebody asked you to pray for them, pray for them right then. Don't say, okay, yeah, I'll pray for you. No, notice that in Minister Brown's prayer, immediately she addressed those things. Young lady who needed uh, 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 for traveling grace and who needed family need. You notice she addressed that? She didn't say, well, you know, we'll pray for you, but we'll pray for you on prayer call at 11 o'clock uh, Monday through Friday. She addressed it right then and there. She, she needed to hear that intercessor. She needed, because that brought joy. Somebody is praying for my child. Somebody is praying for me. Somebody is praying for my safety. Somebody is praying to God, talking to God, and they're letting me in on it. It's not private. He says that I want to pray not only for that they be held together, that they be faithful, that they continue to believe, that they got the word, I not only pray for their protection, he says, but I'm praying for their joy. Because they're going to need it. They're about to face the most drastic thing in their lives. The one that they've hung on every word. As a matter of fact, when Jesus says, I'm leaving to go to the Father, here's what Simon Peter said. Thomas said, wait a minute, where are you going? We're hooked on every word that you say. How are you going to leave us now? Jesus said, who do men say that I am? But more importantly, who do you say I am? Peter, flesh and blood, didn't reveal that to you. Because if you know who I am, you know what my mission is, you know what it is that I came to do. And that even after this death that I'm about to partake of, you'll still have joy. Even though you're in your worst moments, you can have joy when you know that your name is being lifted up every day before the Father. That your problems, that your situations, that your crisis, that your circumstances is being addressed to the Father every day. That should bring you a sense of joy. When, when, when you're down and you're aching in your body, you can't talk, but you know there's someone who is talking to the Father about you, that should bring you joy. That should sustain you for the next crisis. See, that's why we don't have to, ours is no hang down head, you know. Uh, you know, we we just barely making it. 
No. Yeah. Do we have trouble? Yes. Because we're in a world that hates us because we have the word. Do you realize the world hates you just because you got the word? Because you believe it. I don't care nothing about you. Because if you try to bring the word into their circumstances, into their crisis, into their lives, you, you, you know what they say? You're meddling. Because all of us are on a team. People talking about they don't like team sports. All of us are on a team. You either on team Satan or team Jesus. I remember a few years ago, and as we're about to go here, Sister Lovelace, we were at some sort of fellowship. And it was one of the first instances, Sister Mills, where we started having this, you know, wear your favorite jersey, day to church. Remember that Dean Newsom, you know, everybody, you know, was encouraged to wear that jersey. And on the very first occasion that we did, there was a young lady. I remember, I remember her. I see her, but I can't remember her name. Worked in the youth department. All the folk that had on these jerseys, and she had on a jersey. And you know what it said? You know, a lot of people had cowboys and eagles and braves. She had on the front of it was team. White jersey, and blue and white letters. And on the back of it, she had Jesus. And so when people saw her, well, what's your team? She turned her back and say, I'm on team Jesus. <laughs> she was more accurate than, 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 than everybody in the church. Because all of us, we're either on team Jesus or we're on team, team Satan. And if you're on team Jesus, the world does not like you. The world wants to steal your joy. The world wants to hurt you. The world wants to move you away from God. And Jesus says, I'm talking to the Father so that in your most desperate situation, when the world has come against you, when plagues and illness and sickness and death and, 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 and shameful words and allegations have come against you, Father, give him or her joy. Sister Lovelace, 15 and 16. 15? Yes. I, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. See, what Jesus says, he says, I'm praying that they would have joy. And he says, but I have given them my word. And the world hates them because of that. He says, but Lord, don't take them out of the world that hates them. In other words, your troubles ain't going away just because you wish them away. Or just because uh, 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 Jesus prayed for you. Jesus says, I'm praying that despite the world, despite what the world has for them, despite the fact that the world hates them 
and the world should hate them because the, they are strangers. They are aliens in this world. Their citizenship is not here. The world is not going to uh, 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 welcome them because that means that the world would have to change to adapt to them. Jesus says, but don't take them out. Give them joy and protect them from those that would come against them, the world. Protect them. That's why you don't have to fear no man. You got God's protection. That's why you don't have to be afraid. Ram Brown would say, scared. But you don't have to be. Because Jesus has talked to the Father. And on a daily basis, if Minister Brown is right, Paulette Lovelace is right, Deacon Newsom is right, Sister Johnson is right, if Minister Brown is right, if Sister Thompson, all those prayer warriors, if they're right, Jesus says, I got your back. And I'm listening to the prayers of those who are interceding on your behalf that have been left in this world. But remember one thing. I prayed for you before you even got here. <laughs> I knew who was going to be mine. I've already talked to the Father. And what Jesus is doing this morning brothers and sisters, is he's allowing you to listen in on a conversation between him and God. And based on that conversation, you know one thing. The world don't like you. The world don't care for you. But you are kept by the grace of God. You are protected by the grace of God. You're giving joy even in this miserable situations only by God because Jesus, Jesus, Christos, talked to the Father about you before you were you. Oh, that's awesome. And he's letting you listen in. Verse 17 and 18. Thank you. Oh, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Separate them by your truth. Give them truth. And what is truth? Jesus says he's the truth. You want to give somebody, you want to, you know what separates us from the rest of the world? Is the truth of God is in us. And Jesus says forever have that truth in them. Because that's what will protect them. That's what will give them joy. Verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Now, you sent me, I'm sending them. With the same authority that you gave me, I'm giving to them. 
So if Jesus has overcome the world, you too. Because in his authority, you overcome. The victory is already yours. The battle is already won. We're talking about triumph? Wait a minute. Jesus, don't you realize you get ready to go to the cross? Don't you realize what, what's, what's triumphant about that? Even in my death, I triumph. Because I've already told you. You put me down, I'm going to get up. And he says, long before a nail was driven in his hand, Sister Mills, I've already overcome. Me and the father have talked about it. <laughs> We've discussed it. <laughs> I've talked about I've talked about what I need to do. He's talked about what he's already done. And he and the both of us agree what it is that you have to do. And what it is that you have to do is that as I intercede on your behalf, you need to be interceding on behalf of other believers. First, take us home. Verse 19 says, And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. I separate myself. I distinguish myself. I set apart myself. What am I setting apart? I'm setting, I am the word. And he says, I am different. I am separated from this world. And he says, I had to be separated in order that they would be sanctified, that they would be separated. Separated for what? To be carriers of your truth. to be carriers of your truth and to always manifest your character. I see, Sister Mills, I saw your head drop. You're saying, Brother Snead, if you leave me there, I, I, I'll just fall apart. I won't be ready for worship. But let me send you on to worship. Because what Jesus is saying is that I've sanctified myself as I've sanctified myself, separated. You must separate from this world. And the thing that makes you separate is that you have the truth. And if you have the truth, why don't you go back to Adam? Why don't you understand that I made you to be an image barrier? God says, let us make man in our own image. God made us in his image so that we would reflect the glory. And the thing that would separate us is the truth, the word. Because we have the word, we can separate ourselves and we can be content and we can do the things that manifest glory, that manifest the image of God. And Jesus says, the only way they can do that is if they have the truth. So sanctify them, separate them, make your word even more evident. 
So in other words, Jesus prays every day, not that you receive less word, but that you would receive more word, that the word would not be just a one-time experience where you got the faith, but the word would be continuous throughout your life. The song says, my mother prayed for me. She had me on her mind. In that case, for me, it would be my grandmother prayed for me. I'm glad she prayed. I'm really glad she prayed. But I'm even more elated that Jesus, the God-man, prayed for me and now sits at the right hand of the Father each and every day praying on my behalf. God bless you. God keep you is my prayer. We'll see you guys in church.